Welcome to That's My Personal Business, where we are pulling back the curtain on all things personal, all things business, and all things in between. Every Monday, we're hopping into your headphones to help you skip the learning curve by hearing from industry professionals, including myself. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach who now gets to lead hundreds of creative entrepreneurs in building lives of artistic growth, wealth, and freedom. And now it's time for you to do the same. Hello, hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Happy December. Happy Sagittarius season. I am on cloud nine because I'm a Sag. My birthday's coming up soon, and I feel alive when I am in my, like, season. I don't know if anyone else feels this way when they enter the sign season that they are, but, like, as soon as Sagittarius season hits, I'm a new person. I'm a new woman. I am rejuvenated, and I'm just... I'm feeling good. I'm so excited for December because it is one, it's my birthday. Two, it's the holidays. Three, it's the end of the year. It's just such a like fun energy. I get so excited about starting the new year, which is what December is always dedicated to here on the podcast, which I'm so giddy for, whether this is going to be your second or third December with us here on the podcast or your first, we completely dedicate the month of December to prepping for 2024 in this case for the next year. And it's so much fun. We basically give away an entire coaching program on the podcast. We do so many live trainings. We have so many fun things up our sleeve for you this month and I'm giddy. So a few different things. One, we are doing book club again and we are reading The Courage to Be Disliked. So and that like goes along great with what today's podcast is, but come get the book. We're going to be reading it together and then doing a podcast episode discussing everything that we did, similar to what we did with 101 wow essays that will change the way you think a few years ago question mark I think it was literally a few years ago which is crazy but I love doing book club with you guys you guys can send in your thoughts feelings actual items you took from the book all of that good stuff and we read that out on the podcast as well so get the book the courage to be disliked we are doing a book club that will probably be in January so that you have time to read it with the holidays so come join me for that I'm incredibly excited I've heard great things about this book we also have a few spots left for VIP days which if you don't know what a VIP day is it is basically basically your own personalized one-on-one workshop for the day and they are magical. We do everything from completely discovering your brand, laying it out in a brand and business Bible, coming up with social media strategy for the year, giving you up to a year-long to-do list of what to do day by day. Like we do crazy stuff during VIP days. You can see examples, testimonials, all of that good stuff on the sales page that we will link for you below. But we only have three spots available in January. So if you're looking to invest in yourself for the new year and get yourself a complete blueprint of what you need to do in order to hit your goals, VIP day. That's 100% what I recommend. We also have a few spots left for the in-person artificial light workshop, which I'm so excited to be doing our second annual flash photography workshop here in New York City. We like to keep them pretty intimate, but we have a few spots left. So I'll link that for you guys as well. That's taking place in March. And then I also wanted to share before we like dive into today to today's podcast episode. A little a little tidbit, which is going to go along with this, going to go along with the book, which is that like we literally cannot shut up enough about our businesses, you guys, and who we are and what we do. I had my little siblings in town for Thanksgiving, and there was this moment where my little brother asked me what I do. <laughs> And I have like a great, like pretty personal relationship with my younger siblings. And I just had this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I talk about what I do a lot, but like, clearly I don't talk about it in a way that's like either super digestible or I don't talk about it enough personally. Like I only talk about it on my own work platform. And I had to like explain what I do, including my, my agency, Amara. Uh, He like didn't know what I did through Amara at all or what Amara even was, which I'll say it here. Amara is our social media management agency and brand agency uh, where we help small creative business owners scale their business through everything from content production to social media management, which we're accepting a couple new clients for the new year. I'm going to link that for you guys in the show notes as well. But I had this moment where I was just like, I clearly cannot talk enough about what I do because there are people that still don't know what I do, including my little brother who I have a great relationship with. And so I really put this to the test during Black Friday where I was like, I'm literally not going to shut up. Like I'm not going to shut up about Black Friday because anyone that gets bugged or annoyed by the fact that we're doing a Black Friday discount probably wasn't going to purchase from me in the first place. So let's just experiment. Like, let's see what happens. And I went ape. 
I was sick. I did have my family in town, so I couldn't do like any video content or really fresh content. So I had to kind of be like, okay, how can I, you know, tailor content to fit me and where I'm at right now? So I did a lot of like AI content, written content, repurposed content. And we made nearly 20K in just a couple days, which that's not normal. That's a lot of money to earn in a couple days. And it truly is because I didn't shut up about it. Like I was like, we have such amazing resources that are so discounted like we never do a discount like we do on Black Friday and I was like this is going to help so many people to get access to these resources right now like I need to make sure that they know about it amidst the scrolling of all of their other Black Friday sales and so I just was annoying like I literally was just annoying I posted about it 24 7 and yes we made nearly 20k and within a couple days but we also got to help literally hundreds of entrepreneurs better their business and that is so cool and so I want to give you this challenge that like you probably can't talk about your work enough and what you do and what makes you individualistic which again goes into the courage of being disliked and goes into Laura Belgrave who is our guest today she owns Talking Shrimp and she also just released a book called Tough Titties and she is such a badass and she is so good at being herself and literally described herself as just learning how to make money off of being herself, which I'm obsessed with. And so I have been following her for years and I knew we had to have her on the podcast because this woman is the perfect example of a personalized brand that sells itself by being a reflection of you, which you guys know, I literally can't shut up about. It's my favorite thing to talk about. Like we're going to be talking about branding either in January and February. And you know, I'm going to be so annoying about it in the best way because I love talking about this subject. And Laura is so incredible. She's so knowledgeable. She's been doing this for so long. So she had so many amazing tips, tricks, resources, all of that good stuff to share with us. So I'm just like, giddy to have her on the podcast. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from her. So I'm going to stop blabbing. I'm going to prompt you to take a look in the show notes for all the links that I mentioned. Share this on your stories. If you get something out of it, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review. It helps more than you can even understand. And I know there's hundreds of you listening because Spotify rap just came out and thank you all so much for being so loyal and helping grow the podcast so much this year. It seriously means the world. So yeah, let's keep this train going and I'm going to shut up now and let's hear from Laura Belgrave. Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome to the podcast and welcome Laura Belgrave. Hello. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Laura is the founder of Talking Shrimp and the author of Tough Titties, which already those two names like perfectly set up <laughs> what I want to talk to you about today. Sounds good. We will. Yeah. We can talk all about them. Yep. I'm like, for those that don't know you yet, could you give us a little introduction on yourself? Okay. Wow. Um, you know what? I'm out of practice with my self-interest, but uh, so as the founder of Talking Shrimp, uh, I have a company that is known for copywriting and um, I started it back in 2009. But my major overall umbrella mission is to help entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, everybody ending in preneur, people with their own businesses, find the words and the chutzpah to make their business a total expression of their personality, because that is how you come as humanly possible, as close as humanly possible to getting paid to be you. And that to me is the holy grail of work, getting paid to be you. That's something that I always wanted. So that's what I help people do now, mostly through copywriting and other other forms of expression. And then uh, this year I wrote my first book or actually published my first book. It was in the works for a while, but it is the aforementioned Tough Titties on living your best life when you're the effing worst. And so... That's what I've been all about for the last six months or so. Now I'm going to say 18 months. Um, my mind has been on book, book, book. Oh, I'm sure. I can't even imagine the work that yeah. goes into that. That is oh, yeah. incredible, especially one that's like as personal as that one is. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about like, I would love to hear more about like your journey first with being unapologetically yourself and showing up in your business because I think when 
we, this is something I love talking about within my own business as Mm -hmm. well. And I think when we talk about showing up as yourself in your business, people love to just kind of be like, that can't be true. Like there's just an immediate reaction of like, yeah, but there's a limit or like, yeah, but Mm -hmm. I need to like structure it in a certain way. I would love to hear about like how this became a passion of yours, how this shows up for you, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Well, getting paid to be myself has been a passion for a long time or just a goal and something that I always dreamed of. And that's how I always expressed it. It's like, oh, I wish I could just get paid to be myself, which is not the same as getting paid to exist. I have learned because um, I, when people, people would say, like, do what you love and the money will come or do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life or find your passion and people will pay for it. And that's not necessarily true. Or people would be paying me just to watch Real Housewives on my couch. And that's it. Like, you know, good job. Um, you've, you've completed five episodes today. Keep up the good work and hit another check will be coming your way. Um, so that doesn't really happen. But having found, uh, I, I guess, have, like what, ever since the internet came into my life um, and I started blogging and uh, evolved into writing emails that sell my stuff um, and creating my own courses and just writing about whatever I want in service of selling those and, and making money from them. Um, I've been able to channel my personality into making money and it's been a great thing. And I never, uh, I would say I never hesitated to be completely myself in my business. And I started off on the foot of, I am, I'm going to say what I want to say, and I'm going to be who I am. And I hope I can find a way for people to pay me for it. So that, I mean, that's not always that immediate and direct. I think a lot of people get, especially in the online world, get really caught up in who am I supposed to be? What do people want to hear from me? What do people want to hear in general? What do people go nuts for? What inspirational thing can I say, even if I don't believe it? Um, I have to be a certain way for people to take me seriously. And I've just never done any of that because I would rather eat a bag of hair than be somebody I'm not, (laughs) you know? And you've always been that way. That's just like a natural thing for you. Yeah. I've always been that way. And the, I, I would say that the struggle was in, how do I make this pay? How do I, make money from this for instance like i used to just write silly posts on the internet you know on facebook and then instagram and wherever else and wish that there was some way to get paid for those and then i found a way to marry those with a business and i found that people really people love it when you are honest and when you are who you are and it's inspiring to them and they gravitate to it. And um, so so it's not like I got pushback from it. It's not mm. like it's not like anyone ever told me like you can't be this way online. Although I've, you know, I do get um email replies and and the sort from buttoned up kind of fuddy duddy people who are like you know, you have a typo here. How am I supposed to take you seriously as a copywriter? Or, you know, how am I supposed to take you seriously as a copywriter when you curse in your emails? And I'm like, well, maybe you you probably are not supposed to and (laughs) won't. And (laughs) you don't need to work with me or learn from me or anything. I'm for who I'm for. I love that. How do you, two questions. One, Mm -hmm. how do you suggest like working towards that if you're not someone that that comes naturally to? And then my second question after will be like, how did you start making money off of this? Like when you say, I just started making money being myself, (laughs) I want to know what that looked like for you. But first, yeah. Can you answer like, for those that it doesn't come naturally to, because I have such a respect for people that are like, I came out of the womb like this and I've just Uh been like this my whole life. But for some of us, you know, it's a little bit scarier. What do you recommend to people when they're wanting to be more themselves, but it feels a little, feels a little freaky, especially in the online space. Yeah. Well, I'll say first off that I like, even though I'm like, yeah, I've always been this way. Um, I'm not, 
as a an unself-conscious person. I'm not a zero fucks person. I would love to be, but I really do care what people think of me. So I'm an edited person. I will rewrite something 50 times to try and get it right so that it sounds the way I would say it, but also has the most punch or um, whatever that is. But I don't shy away from things that might get people riled up or make them mad or make them dislike me or think that I'm not a serious person. And uh, I talk about this a lot in my book, especially in the first chapter, which is called Deb Fishbone Likes This. And it's about um, about hate following my uh, my middle school bully, my middle school nemesis online decades after she stole away my best friend and made my life a living hell. Um, in that chapter, I talk about the lesson that I had to unlearn from that year of hell, of that sixth grade awfulness, um, which is that one person disliking you can ruin your life. She did. She she didn't like me. She took who I was and weaponized it against me. And, uh, and I think we all have experience some experience like that where we learn the lesson the false lesson that we need to unlearn which is that um being disliked is dangerous that being yourself is dangerous it's dangerous to be you and because in real life real life is not sixth grade and especially later in life uh creative life business career standing out which you need to if you have a business or a brand um, being you and being a weirdo is where it's at. And I say only the weird survive and fitting in is the kiss of death. So I have to remind myself every time I'm like, oh no, I can't say this. And those what this is my advice to people who feel like um, I can't really be myself. That it, you have to remember that, first of all, nothing great, nothing you love, no uh, work of art, piece of music, book, movie, TV show, anything you love was or or anyone you follow was ever created in the name of fitting in and not being annoying and not pissing people off. Nothing. So you have to be willing to be annoying and you have to be willing to piss people off and remember that it is not going to ruin your life. And in fact, it's probably going to make your life a lot better and give other people permission to be more of themselves. And uh, so my advice in like getting you out into your, I don't know, your self-expression, your videos, your um, your words, your captions, your emails, your blog posts, anything that you put out there, uh, that's a matter of practice. And I recommend um, something that I do every day is free writing in an app called 750words.com. And it, this is just like, so it, it's basically, you've heard of morning pages, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is basically more, it was based on morning pages, um, Julia Cameron's morning pages. It It's um, just a, it's a website that counts your words. So you write in it, you start fresh every day and there's a word count at the bottom and it lights up green when you reach 750. And the object here is not to write anything good. It's not to be edited. It's not for publication. It's just to sit there and write just the neural garbage that comes out of you. And you you will surprise yourself by what comes out of you and what comes out onto the page. And a lot of the time you'll be like, huh, I never put that that way. I never said that before. I never said that out loud. And you'll find that there's a lot of stuff there that you can just put out into the world that it's it's not an edited form necessarily, but you'll find a lot of genius comes out of you when nobody's watching, when there's no one around to edit you or care or impress. I love that idea of just like having a place to dump something that's never going to go anywhere, especially as someone that like, I always want to journal those things, but then I'm like, my hand's going to cramp. That's going to take so long. <laughs> like, uh -huh, I come yeah. up with the dumbest excuses to not journal. It's astounding. So I love this idea of like dumping everything out somewhere. Do you ever use those things for anything or do you kind of have like a setting rule that like it just stays there? No, I often do. I often find that like that something will come out of me that I didn't expect 
that I didn't even know was there and like, oh, that's funny or that's really interesting or that's really like kind of a, a hot take. Mm -hmm. And um, and then I'll use it in some form, either in an email or social or both. And uh, so it's a really it's a great source of raw material that you might have to reshape, but you don't want to do it in the service of that. Like I'm going to write something for my blog post today, or I'm going to write something for my capture for, for Instagram. Um, you want to just write a bunch of 750 words worth of, of garbage. That should be your only aim. And out of that garbage might come something. And, but after you've done that, you're warmed up and new, like just the act of writing itself uh, creates, I don't know, neural passageways or something like that, um, pathways, uh, something about neuroplasticity and blah, 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 that um, it creates I love some the blah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> not a scientist, uh, too lazy to research, but, um, but I believe these things, these things that I've read and forgotten about how writing just it, it gets the ideas coming it gets the wheels turning and so after you've done that you're kind of warmed up to create whatever else you want to create and and practice being yourself out loud how do you kind of like discern what is worth putting out there and what is not because I think that's one of the things I know I've followed I remember, for example, I followed one creator and I loved what they did and like they were so themselves. And then I remember one time they posted a photo of them like on the toilet and I was like, oh. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's almost too much. And like not to say, I mean, maybe that just goes to show that like I wasn't their target demographic in that instance. Yeah. But like, how do you decide what is worth putting out there to show your personality and like what is mm -hmm. personal and is going to stay personal? Yeah, I, I mean, I use my own internal meter of like what I would want to see from somebody else. And that is not it. I would not want to see me or anyone on the toilet, necessarily. <laughs> so if I'm like, would I want to see this? And the answer is yes, then it's worth putting out there. If the answer is no, then it's not. And if the answer is I'm not sure, then I go with it. Because um, I, I do tend to edit myself and I do tend to think about uh, what will, you know, what will people think or will this get enough engagement? Uh, and these days the answer is no anyway. Like mm -hmm. even the things that I think are amazing, um, the, like they get crickets and just the algorithm is out to kill us. So, <laughs> so knowing that anything I put out there is probably not going to get the engagement that it used to or the engagement I want. And it's become less embarrassing and you can turn off like counts and um, all that. I just, I go for it. I feel like it's usually the thing that you slapped up and thought wasn't necessarily worth saying or posting that gets everyone saying this. And then the thing that you polish to a high gloss that, you know, that gem that you've been working on and think is going to, I don't know, blow everyone's minds and go viral is crickets. So because I'm such a bad judge of what's going to hit, I trust, um, I, 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 I trust volume. Mm -hmm. That's what I trust. Just creating in volume and you just can't predict what you, that you make is going to land with people and, um, and maybe inspire them or, make them laugh or make them sh get them sharing you just I, maybe some people are good at predicting that I don't are you I with some things yes I think mm -hmm. it's really hard to I always tell people I'm like it's harder to gauge your own things than it is other people's like I feel like I can do really well at predicting other people's things and like what mm -hmm. I recommend they kind of focus on but when it comes to yourself you're just like it's so much harder to judge your own content and your own things just because you've got such, you know, an internal dialogue about what it means and like what it says about you and all of that stuff. So there is a science to it, but I'm like, there's also just a bit of luck. Yeah. Luck and, and volume. It's a numbers game. Right? Yeah. How do you balance like, like how often are you kind of just showing up personally versus talking about your business? Cause I think, a lot of people, 
almost going quantity over quality can feel mm -hmm. intimidating in the amount that I just was having a co coaching call the other day talking to one of my clients about how like it is really weird that now on top of our jobs we basically have to be content production companies and mm -hmm. like that is that's a new thing it's really intimidating like how do you stay on top of publishing such a quantity of content and still keeping it fun at the same time I don't know if I'm phrasing that question in a way yeah. to do justice but like how do you keep the fun in it and keep the excitement in it like are you mostly just having fun like literally just having fun and talking about yourself rather than business or like how does that look for you uh I it's a mix sometimes it's super fun I love writing my emails um I write an email to my list three days a week normally or if I'm doing a launch then it's pretty much every day so Mondays Wednesdays and Fridays I I send out a new email and love writing those I just always have fun finding a small story, like small everyday story, but maybe it's about my husband cleaning out the fridge before we go on a trip and throwing out the tuna fish that I swear I was going, that I'm going to eat before we leave. Um, and that kind of thing, just like tiny everyday stories. I love taking those and writing them up and connecting them to some sort of a takeaway or, um, or sometimes it's a call to action to buy something and making money from these little from these dumb stories i take so much pleasure in that sometimes like on social this um this need it does feel sometimes it does feel like a hamster wheel like i have got a lot of stuff that i can reuse and repurpose but i do like to keep it fresh and create new stuff and sometimes it feels like a joy and sometimes it feels like a drag i think the drag comes from how tough the algorithm has become so you get less it's less rewarding to post something but i have fun creating things i have fun um creating a graphic i have fun writing a caption like yesterday i posted I, a friend sent me a picture of myself in my cubicle in 1997 when I was at Viacom at Nick at Night writing promos. And um, my desk is what I was, which it, and still am, which was pure chaos. It was just a hot mess of a desk. And like, I can't wait to see what you do with this, what what kind of post you come up with. And, and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna save this. I, I wanna post it right now. And mm -hmm. I just made it into a carousel of like, blown up little parts of the of that same photo um and in you know in order like one through nine or ten um talking about each slide of it and the you know the diet coke on my desk and the mess of vhs tapes and how young i looked and like i i looked like a 12 year old sitting in a big person's chair um and so that was just fun. Like when I'm inspired, when I have something new to post about, it's super fun. As for the mix of business and personal, I try to, as often as I can, I try to come up with some kind of business angle, some kind of call to action in most of my captions. This is on Instagram, which is like which I created strictly as a business account. Mm. Um, but I but I keep it all personal. I feel like every post is an opportunity to drive someone to my website and get them to sign up for my emails. So I try to connect it most of the time to something along those lines. How do you show up and keep like, again, I keep using the word fun, but like, how do you keep it fun or at least somewhat enjoyable on the days where you're not feeling inspired? Like, do you have those days where you're just like, I know I mm -hmm. need to do something, but I don't want to. <laughs> oh yeah. I, for sure. I have those days. First of all, like get it when I'm in that headspace of like, ugh, work feels relentless. A year ago, I thought I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. And right now I just want to retire. I wish I could win the lottery and retire and sail away on a yacht, even though I don't like yachts that much. Um, so I do have the, I do have those days. Absolutely. And when I do, first thing I know to do is hit my 750words.com again and i have no stake in this business i don't know if it's even a profitable website at all uh 
but you're like I, not sponsored just good. not sponsored <laughs> yes just a fan so um that usually gets me feeling at at least like oh i wrote and something fun might come out of it uh the answer usually is not scrolling through socials like those it just makes me feel bad and like uninspired and oh i should have written that or or everyone's an asshole um and <laughs> i don't want to be i don't want to be part of this asshole parade so if i'm still feeling that way uh i don't know i try writing something i'll write to a prompt maybe like a creative writing prompt just feeling like i've written something or like i have something to say reminding myself that i have something to say is what keeps it fun i think and um like worst comes to worst out <laughs> i blow it off and don't publish or create anything that day I have those days and um, I will dive back into one of my Bravo shows that I'm watching reruns of. I kind of love that though. I think it's like, I don't think we talk about enough that like some days are just a wash and you just like mm -hmm. need to watch Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> and lately I've been trying to like really push that with my audience and my clients of like, obviously we can't do that all day, every day, but like some days it's just not happening. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. And as long as you don't have a client deadline, like check out do we gotta do come back better the next day like I I had a phone call with a friend this morning who didn't sleep very well and she had slept until 10 a.m and I was like go back to bed and she was like well it's already 10 a.m and I was like are you gonna do a single productive thing when you're this tired like just go back to bed and sort it later because like right now you're not gonna get anything productive done anyway sometimes it's just it's just a wash and we want to watch Bravo and that's okay mm -hmm. yeah I am all for going back to bed I am all for, uh, yeah, watching Bravo all day, some days, and mm -hmm. and sometimes I think about it. Like I am, I never feel guilty not doing anything. I just sometimes feel worry, anxiety of like, oh God, I'll have too much to do to, to do tomorrow, or I'm not getting the stuff done that I need to do. Um, but I never feel guilty or less worthy as a person if I'm not busy and if I'm just lying there watching Bravo. So I have that edge on, I have the edge of laziness, like built-in laziness on a lot of people who find I their self-worth in being busy. <laughs> no, I love that. I also am like, why, like, that's what you became self-employed for. Like a normal boss wouldn't let you do that. You can let yep. yourself do that. How great is that? Yeah, no, I was a terrible employee um, as detailed in the chapters of my book. There's one chapter called bad at corporate where um <laughs> that that talks about describes the only six months of my life that I actually had a nine to five uh slash ten to six and I did not let I was not long for that world I couldn't make it there on time whether it was nine or ten and um I got punished for it I basically got detention on that job so I knew I've always known that I'm not built for regular structured office life that kind of schedule and even when i did work in an office for many years as a promo writer for um as i mentioned before nick at night and tv land and other things i was the one who would come in at noon or one just because i could not everybody liked that you know, some people would say like oh it's demoralizing we have to come in at nine or ten i'm like who, who said <laughs> what i'm doing coming at noon or one <laughs> and then just detention <laughs> mm -hmm. and yeah and get detention I love that I'm like way to way to break the rules and then create your own system mm -hmm. exactly we so I know I was like ha ha I had to create a a real a business for me a business that would be sustainable is one where I make my own hours and I don't have any appointments um, anything that I have to like put on AirPods for and turn on Zoom for or anything of that nature until noon, usually one, like one is my ideal start time for that kind of work. Anything that's considered a meeting, anything where I have to respond to another human being, that's, mm -hmm. that's my start time. I feel that I'm like, I only take meetings Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that was like the best decision I ever made was just like the only best. twice a week. It's just so great. And I was like, why didn't I do this before? Like I could have been doing this the entire time. 
Same here. I mean, when I, so I remember I first took away Mondays and Fridays for anything mm -hmm. scheduled. And my, and th those two days of the week were so happy for me, such great days to wake up to and seeing blank space on the calendar. Um, I was like, hmm, what if I did that also on, this was when I had clients, I, I was working on one-on-one -on -one with copywriting clients. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, what if Wednesdays, what if Tuesdays and Thursdays also look like that? And then I narrowed it down to just when only Wednesdays were client days. And when I started to dread Wednesdays, I was like, oh no, it's Wednesday. Um, <laughs> that's when I was like, I, I think it's time to retire client work. Mm -hmm. No, no more one-on-one. -on -one. So now like these things are maybe I, I have group calls, um, mm -hmm. a couple of times a month for my mastermind and I do podcast interviews and sometimes trainings. But I love keeping days blank on the calendar. Mondays and Fridays that. are still absolute no-nos. Like nothing can get scheduled then. That's amazing. I love like just knowing too that like when the feeling came, you're like, it's done. It's got to get cut. Like that's such yeah. a great way to honor yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And I, I like your that. Tuesday, Thursday uh, rule too. It works great. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. personally loved it. Um, okay. So my next question is rejection. I want to talk a little bit about rejection because rejection, mm -hmm. I feel like as artists in general stings no matter what, um, I mean, rejection as a human stings no matter what. And then you add in the artistry, it feels so personal add on top of that showing up as like truly yourself. I remember the first time because I, I tried to bring my life into my business quite a bit and I remember the yeah. first time I posted this like reel that went viral about me pre like leaving Christianity I was still married like I was just like this good little Christian wife and then it was a reel about like what I look like now and how I live my life and in to so many of my followers and like the people that love me and the people that are my audience, they responded great to it. But I ended up on like Christian man TikTok or Christian man Instagram. And God, they hated <laughs> That's me. a thing. Yeah. Oh, of course. They yeah. hated me. Um, and they left some comments that I was just like, wow. I mean, thankfully I've been doing this for a long time. So it hurt a lot less than it would have at like 21. But it was devastating. Like I just remember being like, oh my God, this is like my entire personality, my entire life. And these people are just tearing me to shreds. How do you turn like rejection into like what do you do when you get rejected or what does that process look like to, to you how do you come back from it how do you grow from it like I would love to kind of hear what that looks like for you as someone that shows up so authentically because it's it's you or it at least feels like they're rejecting you as mm -hmm. a person yeah um so if you're talking about rejection in the form of haters and online trolls and disagreeers and all that. Any First of all, I, any kind, <laughs> like that's a that's its own kind of rejection, um, as opposed to someone saying like, "No, we're not interested," or that. So I've had plenty of that too. But in terms of these trolls, uh, <clears throat> it stings. Like I, I hate the feeling. Again, I'm not a zero fucks person. So if, even if somebody disagrees with me, contradicts me in the comments of something, I don't like it. It gives me a, a little bit of a sour taste, like nasty uh, hangover. Sometimes I'm like, what's bothering me today? Something's bothering me. Oh yeah, that comment from someone. And I'm often tempted to like write back some kind of hateful reply. And I have to stop myself. Um, and just remember that these people are just <laughs> frustrated with their life and, um, it's not me that they dislike or, you know, hate. It is just what they see on line. And, um, especially in my, in my emails, a lot of times I will get, uh, <clears throat> replies from people that make me really mad and, the best way for me to deal with them is hold back from replying, hold back from reacting, even if I have in my head and sit on it and let that feeling fade. Usually it's not worth it to write back to them. It's not worth it to reply. 
And instead I use these things. Like if I get a nasty reply, I will use it from as fodder for my next email and tell everybody what this moron said. And people love it in your audience, whether it's your subscriber, email subscribers or your audience on social, um, they will rally around you. They actually love to see how you react to trolls or to rejection or to anything insulting um, that takes your, down your ego. And so when you do that, it's inspiring to them. If you show that you are okay with it, or even that it stings, but you're still alive, I think that's a real gift to people to be honest about how it feels and not to pretend that you give zero fucks. Like if you pretend, oh, this rolls right off of me, I don't care what anyone has to say. Um, when you really do care, I think you're, you're not only being disingenuous, but you're denying your audience the gift of you being real with them. And it's such a relief to them to see like, oh, this person has feelings too. They're so relatable. Uh, and it's so inspiring to see that they, have survived this nasty comment that I saw. So that's what that's what I do with that. Um, in terms of that other kind of rejection, um, what comes to mind is what, when I was selling my book. First, first when I was querying agents, looking for an agent and sending out my proposal to them, and I got a lot of rejections. I mean, rejection after rejection. It wasn't hundreds. It, it it might only have been like six or seven, but it felt like so many because they all came in a row. Like I got only rejections until somebody said yes. And some of the rejections were super kind and um, and thoughtful and specific to my work and told me what they liked about it and what they would recommend. Uh, some would say, this is wonderful work. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think it's something we can sell unless, you, you know, it's not the kind of thing that sells unless you're a household name, unless you're super famous, you're not going to sell a book of essays slash memoir. Um, so we love it, but we're going to pass on it. And that I didn't take personally. I just took it like, that's just how the industry is. And the industry is not courageous and willing to take a chance because, there's money involved and they are not willing to bet on something they don't think will make a lot of money. So that I didn't take personally. Um, but but still, when somebody said, unfortunately, we are, I don't find myself passionate enough about the work to represent you. That I took personally and just had to remember, I think, I think the most useful thing for me was remembering how many times other artists who are very successful have been rejected. You hear these stories all the time. Like the, you know, actor or actress who never got a break until like their 50s or 60s, um, who auditioned, 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 was a loser and then finally got their big break. Or someone who, I remember, this is a long time ago, but uh, the show Desperate Housewives, created by the, the creator Mark Cherry, I remember him talking about how many times his show had been rejected, how for how many years he had spent getting rejected until it got made. And that's true of so many things that are now um, like the most beloved in, in their category of anything out there. And uh, so that gave me comfort knowing that like that is the story behind anything great just about that it was rejected and rejected and rejected, or that person was rejected and rejected and rejected. So it's not a reflection on whether you are legitimately talented, not a reflection on whether your work is um, is worth putting out there and could succeed. It's just a reflection on people's vision and and level of courage or risk. I think that's such an amazing thing to prompt people to remember is just the the amount that comes before everyone's success, whether that's time or rejections, because I think social media for so many, including myself, there are so many days where I will look at someone and I'll be like, oh, they were like an overnight success. Like that mm -hmm. happened in five seconds. 
And I'll have to do like some serious digging before I realize that was not the case. They were not an overnight success, but it's so easy with the access that we have to people's lives now to think that everyone has it so easy while we only have access to our own behind the scenes. So I love that reminder that like everyone is experiencing rejections or a bunch of time or, you know, maybe it didn't come until later in life or what have you, but it's very rarely an immediate overnight success. Yeah, very rarely. And those do happen. I'm very jealous of those people. I mean, I <laughs> I have a friend who wrote an essay um, for Cup of Joe, a personal essay that would, got so many comments. And a lot of those comments were from agents saying, do you have an agent? And uh, And so she got approached by a bunch of them and um offers a representation from them and then she went with one and wrote up a proposal and they took her book to auction and it got her a half million dollar advance and so which um which is both inspiring and dispiriting Mm -hmm. to hear it's like it's nice to know that that can happen and it's always worth putting your work out there like and submitting it and you never know what can happen and uh it's also the case that like that almost never happens and it's probably not going to happen to you or anybody you know yeah i i I 100 agree i'm like it does happen but it's pretty it's Mm -hmm. pretty damn rare and it's not worth banking on um well thank you so much for sharing all of this i would love to hear like if you to kind of wrap up if you had like one piece of advice or like a first step or like a first roadblock to get over when it comes to showing up as yourself, if you haven't been doing it and you've just been kind of hiding behind either a persona or what you think the industry wants to see, whatever it may be, like what would that piece of advice be for getting started in a more, I hate saying the word authentic because I know we've over, we've beaten that word to mm-hmm. hell, but like showing up in a more authentic way, um, both in person and in your business? Yeah, I think so hard to say like a first step because is mm-hmm. it to overcome the feeling, the fear of being disliked or is it to overcome the block of like, I don't even know what I have to say mm. today. I don't even know what being myself looks like. Ooh, let's so, say the second one. Can we go with the second yeah, one? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think pay attention to who you are with your best friends and what, like, what were you talking about with them? Like the last time you met up with a friend, one of your best friends, somebody who makes you feel most like yourself, what did you talk about? Or what would you call them up to complain about today or brag about or talk about? And just make a list of like topics you might discuss with them and start there. You can start putting that out there. If you were going to send them, for instance, the, the photo I talked about that I posted of me at my cubicle, I sent that as soon as my friend sent it to me, I sent it to one of my best friends right away um, saying, look at this from 1997. Like, and she knows me from then. And there were so many things that we had to pick apart in the photo. And like, what is that? And who is that on the wall? And um, all that. So that like there, there you go. There's a prompt. Like if there was a photo you were going to send to a friend, just say, we're talking about being yourself on Instagram or any of the socials. Um, what would the photo be and what would you have to say about it? And maybe start there. Or if you were going to text somebody um, a complaint or something you wanted to brag about or something that you love about this day right now. Like what's making you happy right now? You could start there. Um, I heard somebody trying to remember who it was. It was some comedian who's gotten big and I cannot remember who it was, but they were talking about how they got started in comedy. And somebody told them, make a list of five things you love and five things you hate. Mm. And I think that's a great prompt. And something you could even start with. You remember those, um, so any prompts like that, like ways to talk about yourself that get other people thinking um, are are a great way to start. 
Mm -hmm. and people love them and respond to them because they're like, oh, me too, like number three, or they, or they tell their own. So, uh, so a sort of icebreaker like that can work really well, can be really freeing. It doesn't have to be an essay form. It can be, a, you know, lists are really easy to write. I was going to say, there's a reason that those, do you remember that like 25 things you might not know about me? Um, list mm. that that originated on I think on Facebook like yeah. before Instagram was a thing and uh, it was it went so viral because everybody loved coming up with those 25 things those 25 strange things or or maybe mundane but um, it's so easy to write because you, it doesn't need to be structured it doesn't need to be an essay form it's a list and it gets everybody else thinking of themselves, of theirs. So I think those kinds of lists and prompts are a great way to start being yourself and communicating who you are. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I'm going to get started on that after this. I'm like, I can't even think of it off the top of my head. So I will have to do some brainstorming. <laughs> do it, do it and see what happens. I mean, I, I think those are so fun. Which would you do? The 25 things or the five things I love, five things I hate. I love the five things I love, the five things I hate because I joke with my friends. I'm a hater. Like I, I can list off. I'm like, I could list those five things too. Right now. Um, but I'm like, I, I can, I can, I, I love a little bit of tea. I love a little bit of drama. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm a hater. I know how to list those things off. And I have things that I'm like extremely passionate about. So I'm like, I think that will have to be mine because I think 25 things feels really daunting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long list. 25 is a lot, but I agree. Um, giving yourself the, even the room, the structure to talk about things you hate, it's permission. Whereas mm -hmm. just saying like, here's what I hate can come can feel negative mm -hmm. but if you if it's an exercise like five things i hate you have total permission yeah i'm to a be writer hateful. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah exactly oh my gosh i love that well thank you so much laura for coming on and for sharing your experience and stories and wisdom this has been amazing and so enlightening so thank you so much oh my pleasure thank you so much for having me Oh my gosh. Yes. It's been amazing. We will obviously link everything in the show notes, but could you let us know also where we can find you online and where we can find your book, all of that good stuff? Yes, indeed. Um, okay. So my digital home is talkingshrimp.com spelled just how it sounds. And I have great freebies there for writers, entrepreneurs, um, anybody who emails a list or wants to tell stories that sell. And, uh, and then my book is Tough Titties. And you can find that on my website at talkingshrimp.com slash book or go right to toughtittiesbook.com. And you don't type in toughtitties.com. I can't tell you what's going to come up. But toughtittiesbook.com <laughs> is the URL. I have nothing good, uh, depending on your perspective. And um, there I have on my book page, you, I have all the bookseller links and bonuses for buying a hard cut, one hardcover copy or, uh, or multiples. I have such good bonuses on there that are still up. So people right. should grab them while they are. Um, oh, and, gosh, and they will, yeah. And, and they're very good for creativity and, uh, expressing yourself and being who you are and getting paid for it. So I recommend them. We love that. I'm like, I'm gonna go check that out now. Thank you so, so much again for coming on. It's been amazing to have you. Thank you. Likewise, it's been so much fun. And thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time.